0: Listen, I want to say hi to everybody who is joining us online and uh, and joining us here in person. It's great to have you here, masks up over noses and everything. Uh, I'm thrilled that uh, not only you've made time this morning, but so many of you have made time consistently over the past eight months to be part of this long journey. For eight months now, we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, and today, at last, we come to the end of the journey today we're going to look at the reaction of the crowds who heard Jesus speak on that monumental day and i hope at the end of this long journey your reaction in some way parallels theirs listen to how scripture describes them this is matthew 7 verse 28 when jesus had finished saying all these things the crowds were amazed so If you'd like, let's call this Be Amazed Weekend. This is a Be Amazed Sunday. And preparing for today, I I was thinking back over the past year. Now, for most of us, we're going to get to New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2020, and we are going to say good riddance. We hope we never see another year like you. But I want to say this. This... um, This year, these many weeks of going through the Sermon on the Mount has been one of the richest, most meaningful, most joy-filled experiences in preaching that I've ever had. And maybe it's partly because I've never known a time when, as God's people, it's felt like we have needed him more. And never in a time when I felt like we have found him more deeply than here in the text of the Sermon on the Mount. I know what it is to need God, and so do you. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has talked about all of these amazing topics. What does it mean to be blessed, to have the good life? What does it mean to be a truly good person from the inside out? What does it mean when Jesus says you can be like the salt of the earth or the light of the world? What does it mean to have a father like the one Jesus describes who's watching over you? You never need to worry. As we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount, after eight months of doing this, it must feel like we have finally drained it dry. We've mastered the content. We have downloaded every possible interpretation, worked out all the nuances, and we never have to look at these chapters in Matthew again. Right? Wrong. Wrong. Read this sermon again, and again, and again. Read it regularly for the rest of your life. Come to love the words. Come to love the one who spoke the words. Endeavor to do what he... What he asked us to do in those words. Because the invitation that comes at the end of the Sermon on the Mount is to decide that you won't just be a Sermon on the Mount listener, but that you will be a Sermon on the Mount person. A golden rule following, salt of the earth spreading, light of the world shining, other cheek turning, second mile going, kingdom first seeking, non-judging, one day at a time, narrow gate entering, good fruit tree bearing, house on the rock, disciple of this man Jesus. As you read through the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew being the place where we find the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things that you see again and again is a description of the crowds that gathered around Jesus and described with that word that you called out just a few minutes ago. That the crowd met Jesus, heard Jesus, and they were amazed. I want you to be amazed. But you know, there's a big difference between being part of a crowd that are amazed and being a participant in something that is life-changing. A crowd watches. A participant engages. A crowd can be amazed for a moment, but a participant is somebody who's committed to a lifetime of following. And I mention this because at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, if you can remember all the way back in those early days, or if you want to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 4, Matthew 4, verse 25, this very careful distinction is drawn out by Matthew. Listen to how he puts it. Matthew 4, 25 says, "...Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed Jesus." Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, and there he sat down, and there his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. In other words, Matthew wants to know that from the very beginning, there were these two groups. There were the large crowds that followed, and then there was the smaller group of disciples who knelt in obedience, And he doesn't use any other distinction. He doesn't use the distinction that that people would have noticed. He doesn't say the crowds were all women and then the disciples were all men. He doesn't say the crowds were all Gentiles and the disciples were all Jews. One wasn't slave and the other free. Those distinctions didn't matter to Jesus. But here's the one that does. There are crowds and then there are disciples. And Matthew actually mentions these two groups. He mentions the crowds 49 different times in the gospel. The crowds come to hear Jesus' teaching. Sometimes they bring a sick friend with them to be healed. They're amazed by the things that Jesus says and the things that he does. They call him a prophet. But they're crowds. They assemble and then they break apart. They're with Jesus only sporadically. They come to him when they have a need. They recognize that something about him is unique, but then they just kind of drift away with the circumstances. On Palm Sunday, think about that time of year, when it looks like Jesus might fulfill at last their wishes to have their own on the throne, a king among their own people. It's the crowd that cried, Hosanna! Blessed is this one who's come in the name of the Lord. But five days later, Good Friday... When Jesus didn't do what they wanted him to do, didn't ascend the throne and overthrow Rome, it's the crowds again who cry out, away with him. Let him be crucified. That's the crowds. Matthew goes on to mention the disciples 65 times now in the gospel. Disciple is somebody who used to be part of the crowd, But somewhere along the line, Jesus got under their skin and they just couldn't walk away from him. They had to be around him consistently, regularly, routinely through life. They weren't satisfied just to hear the things that he says. They wanted to live with him and live like him and do the things that they saw him doing. Now, you need to know, as we set up the distinction, that that Jesus loved the crowds He's crazy about the crowds. The crowds did a number on him. And he needed, it's not because he needed the attention, but it's because he recognized the dignity of every person who's there in the crowd. Matthew tells us this. Matthew 9, verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. They were like harassed and helpless people, like sheep without a shepherd. I think Jesus must have understood that Most people, most of their lives are spent as part of the crowd. This remains true, doesn't it, even to this day? You might want to ask yourself some questions to see where you are. Am I living as part of the crowd? What is it that I have committed my life to? Anything? What kind of person do I endeavor to become? How seriously do do I try to assess my moral and my spiritual character? What are the bases for my decisions in life? How I'll spend my time or my money or my relationships or my sexual behavior? What is it that I fill my mind with? What kind of people do I want to have influence over me? How constantly, how continually, how honestly will I examine my own character? What should I do when I've wronged someone? Those are all hard questions. They're searing questions the way of the crowd is actually to avoid them just just to drift in fact if there is a crowd mentality at all it's just the mentality of comparison what's everybody else doing i'll do that i read not too long ago that the most the most effective way vinroy you can let us know whether this is true or not the most effective way to get people to reduce energy consumption is to Have them compare themselves to others. So some of you will notice when you get an energy bill, it'll say something like this. 85% of people living in a home like yours use less energy than you do. You energy-sucking pig. (laughs) It gets our attention, doesn't it? The default mode of the human race is just to, to go along with the crowd, like sheep without a shepherd. As we've seen in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus calls that the broad road. He calls it a house built on sand, and he says prophetically that that's, if that's the way you live, you are headed for a crash. In fact, the very final words of Jesus end that way: the house on the sand fell, and the fall was great. It was it was catastrophic. And then we read this. Matthew 7, verses 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the other teachers of the law. Matthew is is deliberately pointing out that the presence of the crowds as well as the disciples, the contrast of the two exists for one purpose. And it has an awful lot to do with you and me here today. Reading the sermon, hearing the words, sitting under the invitation of Jesus places us at a crossroads. Will we do what he says? Will, Will we trust that he's right? Will we go through that narrow gate of obedience that we talked about? Will we identify with this man? Will we build our lives on the strong foundation of his person and his teachings and his kingdom or will we not? In other words, will we be part of the crowd or will we become a disciple? Because the crowds and the disciples have a fundamentally different experience of Jesus. And here's what it is. The crowds are amazed at what Jesus said to them. But the disciples are amazed at what Jesus did in them. You hear the difference? The crowds are amazed at what Jesus said, but the disciples are amazed at what Jesus did, the transformation that happened in them. The crowds they looked at the life of Jesus, and they're amazed. But the disciples, they look at their own life and how it changed. And that's amazing. Changed primarily by the work of Jesus, by the presence, by the grace of God at work in their lives. The disciples are amazed at this new identity they have, at this new purpose, at this new community, at this growth going on. The great invitation that comes from Jesus is this. Will you leave the crowd and become a disciple and know the amazement that only a disciple can know? Some of you did that last week. For some of you, it was for the very first time. Some of you watching online, you, you filled out and signed uh, that little indication that, that this is a crossroads in your life and you are choosing The narrow way. If that's your decision, we rejoice with you in that. Some of you realized you made the decision a while ago, but there's been some drift. And you wanted to claim new ground. And so you stuck a marker in the sand and and you signed that little pledge and said, my life begins again anew with this commitment. No longer just a member of the Jesus crowd. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Jesus disciple. For them and for you and for all of us, I thought maybe the best way to finish this series on the Sermon on the Mount was to finish just the way we started, by listening to the sermon that Jesus gave. And I was thinking about how to review it, And so I thought we'd do it kind of as a summary, capturing the language that we used all the way along. So listen again as you revel in the words of Jesus, as we have received them and weighed them and cherished them and enjoyed them. The words then of Jesus, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor and the sore, and the meek. Blessed are the pure, and the unsure, and the weak. Blessed are the short, blessed are the slow, blessed are the dropouts, the washed outs, the burned outs, the left outs. Blessed are you when people disrespect you, disregard you, disinvite you. Blessed are the dist. Be glad, be, be very glad. You are living the dream, which is mostly unseen. Things are not what they seem. Seek first the kingdom of God. You are the salt of the earth. Don't lose the savor. You are the light of the world. Let it shine. Live in such a way that when people look at you, they say, what a good God, God must have been to think up such a person as you. But do not think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to still them. I've come to fulfill them. The law is not the source of goodness, but it is forever the course of goodness. So take this from me. Unless your goodness surpasses that of those scribes and Pharisees, you will not live in the kingdom of God. You will be forever trapped in the kingdom of self. Conventional wisdom says, so long as you haven't killed anyone today, you've obeyed the command not to murder. But take it from me, anger will murder you. So leave it at the altar. Your heart will either be an altar or your heart will be altered by anger into a factory of hate. Conventional wisdom says, Sexual purity is just a matter of avoiding a few wrong actions. Cut off your hands, pluck out your eyes, achieve spiritual maturity by by sufficient dismemberment of your bodily parts. Or you could let me change your heart, give you a new start, take over each part. I can change the course of your divorce. Let's rearrange the source of your discourse. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Every spin or sin comes from down below. You get it? Conventional wisdom says eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I say, turn the other cheek. Go the second mile. Give the shirt off your back. Conventional wisdom says, love the lovers, hate the haters. But hate will choke, hate will break. The Father loves. That Son's for everyone. That rain is for everyone. Love leads. Love gives. Love suffers. Love bleeds. Be like that. Don't practice your righteousness in front of others to be approved by them. That's an affliction. It's an addiction. You'll become fiction. But when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets. Outsource your generosity to your habits. Making, them, making giving just like tying a tie. When tying your shoes, it's not even news. Let your left hand know not what your right hand is doing. What secret is still real. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They want to be seen. They want to look good. They want applause, which is a lost cause, unseen, unknown, in secret, alone. He is near and he hears. Our Father, who art in heaven, you know these words. Hallowed be thy name. Say them with me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When you forgive other people, if you forgive other people, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not, He will not. When you're fasting, live like you're feasting. Don't advertise. Disguise. Make the good an inside job and it will sneak out of you when you're not looking. That's the reward. Who you become from your father who is unseen in the kingdom which you seek first. Therefore, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Take a a lesson from the junkyard. Raw, rust, moth, thief. Put your money where your mouth is. Your heart will follow, because greed is hollow. One master, only one. Who will it be? Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, your body or what you shall wear. Look at the birds of the air. No ulcers, no colitis, no high blood pressure. No MBAs, and yet they're all fed by the chef God. Look at the lilies of the field. No labor, no spinning, but they're all Cardassian and GQ in nature. Chic. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. I wouldn't worry. However, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Seek first the kingdom and his true inner goodness. Everything else comes a la carte, one day at a time. I wouldn't worry. Judge not, lest you be judged. Your measure will become your treasure. Remember the speck and the plank. Remember the pearl and the pig. Help the pig, save the pearl Ask and it shall be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. That's just how the universe works. This is how you honor people's kingdoms without judging, planking, purling, or condemnation engineering. If those who are evil know how to give good gifts, imagine the Father. Ask the Father. Trust the Father, love the Father, thank the Father. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. That's the Bible in a tweet. Will you be my disciple? Will you intend to do what I say? Will you obey? Will you be with me to learn from me how to become me? Enter through the narrow gate, follow, surrender, live as I would if I were you, revel in obedience. The broad way is to do anything else. Following the herd, ignoring my word, letting your heart be unwashed, uncured. Will you be my disciple? By their fruit you will know them. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Will you be my disciple? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do impressive things, lead impressive lives, and die shiny deaths? And I will say plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. Will you be my disciple? Everyone is building a house with every choice, with every moment. You're building a life. You can't not build a life. Everyone will face a storm. It will come without trying, without warning. It will come when you're dying. It will come when God brings justice. You cannot face a storm. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and lives them displays heavenly wisdom by building their house on the rock. And anyone who hears these words of mine and does not live them has given in to foolishness by building their house on the sand. Rock, sand. Stand or fall. Will you be my disciple? And when he'd finished speaking, the crowds were amazed at what he'd said to them. But the disciples were amazed by what he did in them. How about you?